And the approach I'm going to take here is a little bit different, but it's going to still get back to the same place. Trusting in Jesus Christ to help us to deal with levels of stress in our lives. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Amen. Father, thank you for this time that you've given to us to hear you speak to us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for how you teach us through the power of the Spirit. And Lord, we recognize that we gather information all the time. And Lord, the word that you give to us is is certainly information and knowledge. But Lord, now help us to see it as wisdom in how we live for you. How we respond to you. How we respond to areas in the environment that take place where, Lord, you are teaching us how to move and how to react and respond. But Lord, also give us what we need now to step back and reflect upon your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your teaching. We thank you for all that you give to us. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We live in a day and age where all of us are more conscious of our surroundings. Amen? As we have matured, we know, first of all, the importance of driving defensively. That advice is especially important today. I won't get into it, all of it, but you know how crazy it is on the roads today sometimes. Amen? I'm surprised I get a bigger amen for that. But that's really important for us that we are always watching, aren't we? Always have to be. When we're out in public, even when taking walks in the park, it's best to go in pairs for safety's sake. Amen? In a family, the husband is to care for his wife. If the wife is out with the children, her role is to look after the children and keep them safe. Family members look after each other and when called upon, fulfill roles to protect one another from harm. Do you remember the famous line from Nationwide Insurance commercials, Life comes at you fast? Wasn't that long ago, but they had commercials that were kind of humorous and comical and talked about how fast life changes. Life comes at you fast. When life happens fast, we often face very real challenges that get our immediate attention. I'm going to share with you one of these life-changing moments. This story is from the Epic Times. This happened two weeks ago. A heroic Michigan teenager was able to prevent his younger sister from being kidnapped by firing off a slingshot at the would-be kidnapper according to Michigan State Police. Police said at a May 15th press conference that an 8-year-old girl was hunting for mushrooms in her backyard in the city of Alpena on May 10th when she felt the alleged assailant grab her. According to Lieutenant John Grimshaw with the Michigan State Police Alpena Post, the 17-year-old suspect entered through the woods onto the young girl's property and came up behind her before grabbing her, like you'd see in a movie, his hand over the mouth, arm around the waist. He had then attempted to pull the victim into the woods, Grimshaw said. However, the girl's older brother, age 14, 
saw the commotion occurring outside and grabbed his slingshot and any ammunition he could find before approaching the suspect and firing two shots at him, hitting him in the head and chest. Thanks to the young boy's quick-thinking actions, his sister was able to escape the would-be kidnapper, police said. He really is the one I believe saved his sister's life or from something seriously bad happening to her, Grimshaw said. For a 14-year-old to see that and to pop into action that quickly is extraordinary and he should be commended for it. Police found the suspect hiding in a gas station later that same day after being informed about the attempted kidnapping by the girl's family, Grimshaw said. He was subsequently arrested, according to officials. Grimshaw said that the would-be kidnapper was easily identifiable owing to the multiple injuries he had sustained from the slingshot. What he did also helped us identify who the suspect was because obviously the suspect had injuries from being hit with a slingshot and those were things that helped us identify who it was, Grimshaw said of the young boy's actions. The suspect has not been named. He allegedly told police during interviews that he planned on severely beating the child. Local news outlet M Live reported. He has been charged as an adult with one count each of attempted kidnapping, child enticement, attempted assault to do great bodily harm, less than murder, and one count of assault and battery, according to the publication. Now, here is an example of an extraordinary story of how a 14-year-old in a very stressful situation was able to act quickly and thwart the efforts of a predator in protecting his eight-year-old sister from harm. The slingshot is an obvious reminder of how someone was acting cool under fire. The entire account of David and Goliath is in the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel. And that can be your homework for today's reading. Amen? But we're going to cover an excerpt from this amazing story. So turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's take a look at verse 40, and we're going to read through to verse 50. 1 Samuel 17, verse 40 through verse 50. Now, I'll be reading from the New International Version. 1 Samuel 17, starting at verse 40. While I wait for you. Here we go, verse 40, 1 Samuel 17. Then he, referring to David, took, off, took his staff in hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, who was Goliath, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. Verse 43, he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord says, but for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Verse 48, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. And he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Now for those of you wondering how a slingshot with stones can inflict such force, Gerald Walker in the Flying Circus of Physics writes that David's sling had a flexible pocket with two straps that could build up enough kinetic energy to hurl a stone of 25 grams, about a one ounce stone, at 100 kilometers per hour, which is 62 miles an hour, to hit his target 200 meters or about 656 feet or more away. That's how a slingshot works. And it has a lot of force to it. David's triumph reminded me of how we are victorious in facing opposition As we live for Jesus. David clearly was acting on God's authority, God's movement. Everything that he was doing, God had given to him to do to defeat Goliath. Please turn to Isaiah 54. Let's look at verse 17. Isaiah 54, verse 17. This is all about having the confidence of moving as God moves you. And we need to hear these things and understand these things more and more that but for not for the grace of God, where would we be? Isaiah 54, verse 17. Now I'll be reading from the New King James Version. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Says the Lord. That's where it comes from. David's triumph over Goliath was the result of remaining faithful, focused, and determined under a highly stressful situation. The young man who saved his sister did the same thing. The same thing. They are both examples as to how when life happens fast, God enables you. He enables you, he enables me, he enables us to meet whatever challenge facing us. Amen? As life happens... The world conditions you to be on the alert and be ready to act. Because none of this could have happened if 
the people involved here weren't alert as to what was going on. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's look at what it says in verses 8 and 9. Why do we need to be alert? Why do we need to live in such a manner where we have to be prepared for any eventuality? 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. There's a very good reason why you need to be ready. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. What is he seeking to do? Devour. Eat you up. Turn you inside out. Verse 9. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Satan is active in his efforts to try to derail you and he would, if he could, he'd destroy you altogether. If not for the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? The New Living Translation of being sober-minded as referred to in this passage and watchful sums this up. Stay alert. Stay alert. Staying alert requires giving attention to your environs and being aware of your surroundings. Being aware of what's going on around you. In many ways, staying alert can often be very stressful. It can be very stressful. Life is full of different stresses, of course, and stress can be magnified when unexpected events take place. At some point, we have to manage our stress as we can't eliminate it from our lives. I would love to eliminate all stress from my life. Amen? We all would. We all would love to have that, but the reality is is that we don't get that choice. We don't get that option. We're going to have to deal with stress as it comes along. If a person or family lives in a high crime area, you can see how important this whole subject is. The more stress that you encounter, the more debilitating it can be. God's word is already telling us all of this about stress and what we're dealing with because he's warning us about what? Satan and his demons. They are our active enemies. Turn to Ephesians 6, verse 12, please. Ephesians 6, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And note the adjective that's used here in the first section here in verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. This is the English Standard Version. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
We are in a constant wrestling match with our enemy. Amen? So for those of you who are, having, are scuffling with issues like, man, I'm just having a hard time praying. Man, I'm having a hard time understanding what God is saying to me. You're in a wrestling match. You're wrestling. Or as they used to say in the old days, wrestling. You're wrestling. When life happens fast, we're called to be alert and be ready to respond. However, we need to know how to live and thrive when we're not on high alert. When we're not using our slingshot or whatever it is we use for defense. We have to find a way to live and take our stress levels down. Let's face it, everybody. A security guard, what are they hired to do? To watch constantly. But even they have to have time off. You can't have a security guard working three or four days straight doing the same thing. That's very stressful. And the same thing applies to us too. Now let's define stress for this exercise as it sometimes can mean different things under different circumstances. Now according to the American Psychological Association, stress is a normal reaction to everyday pressures. But it can become unhealthy when it upsets your day-to-day functioning. Stress involves changes affecting nearly every system of the body. Do you know how much stress affects your body? How if it's unchecked, it just gets worse and worse and you start to feel it? It can have a debilitating effect. It can influence how people feel and behave. It contributes directly to psychological and physiological disorder and disease and affects mental and physical health, reducing your quality of life. We're told we're going to have to be alert, but now we understand that we have to manage this. From a biblical perspective, we need to make sure that we are not worrying about things. First of all, don't put more stress on yourself than you need to. Don't worry about the stuff that God's already taken care of. Our food, our clothing, our finances, our transportation. Just because we can't see the end result, even though something might happen, doesn't mean that God hasn't already handled it. A lot of stuff he's already taken care of. You just can't see it yet. So if you're stressing out about those things, that makes it worse. But God's already got it taken care of. The formula in all cases to reduce stress is to increase your faith. Increase your faith. Start with looking directly to your Heavenly Father. Understand something. Stress is a part of our lives. Increase your faith. Grow your faith. Trust in what Jesus is telling you in the midst of what you're going through. Go to Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34, please. Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34. Increase your faith. Start looking directly to your Heavenly Father. Our tendency in the flesh, everybody, let's be honest, first thing we look at is what's going on in our lives, what's happening. We sometimes default to God too late. 
where we need to back it up and fix that. We need to look to God first. Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34. There's stuff you can't reason your way out of. Take it to God first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And look at verse 34. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There couldn't be a more wise statement than that. How many of you can take care of tomorrow today? Then you're pretty, you're something else if you can do that. But I'm going to challenge you, no one here can do that. You can't take care of tomorrow today. Tomorrow ain't here yet for you to take care of. Worry about what's going on today. That's where the energy has to be placed. But at the end of the day, you go to God to deal with all of those things. At some point, you have to put down your slingshot. While you can't avoid the stresses in staying alert, you can manage them. Manage them. We manage stress by giving all of it over to Jesus. David had the mindset of a winner because of the close relationship he had with God. In contrast, we may experience defeat because we leave God out of the picture. Well, I'm here to tell you we just can't do this. And if we've been doing it, we can't do it anymore. We can't leave God out of the picture. He has to be fully frontal in the picture. Let's explore these four remedies for the stress in our life. Now, when I say the word remedy, remedy is a great word to use here. The Latin word for remedy is remedium, re and meteor, which means to heal. To heal. A remedy is a way for us to heal. And understand, healing is something that takes place over time, doesn't it? It's very seldom that people are healed from something just like that. Snap a finger, it's done. But healing is, is something that has to happen over time. For all of us, really. I mean, we're in the flesh. We need all the help we can get when it comes to going to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me make something very clear here. The following list of things I'm giving you here as remedies is by no means a complete solution for combating stress. If you are dealing with anxiety, if you are dealing with depression, it may require medical attention that includes counseling and medication. Counseling and medication. And guess what? God provides in those situations too. He works through people to provide those very things to help you. So any hesitation you have about going to a doctor or getting help about that, well now, that's a wrestling match that you have with Satan. And you're going to have to figure that one out. Get the help you need. All of us need to turn to the remedies that Jesus provides for us. Number one, you can write these down. Number one, Rest. Rest. 
get your rest. How much sleep do you get at night? Now, some of us need eight hours of sleep. Many of us ain't getting eight hours of sleep. Some of us may need less than that. But if you don't get your rest, guess what? That has a cumulative effect on you where you're just going to be stressed out. You're going to be tired. When you're tired, everything is magnified. Do you understand that? In order to diminish stress and experience God's peace, we need to rest. We need to rest. We need to rest. Isn't that right, Elaine? Isn't that right, Gus? We need to rest. Amen? I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying that. But they understand the value of rest now. Hey, naps are great, too. My wife and I took a nap the other day. That was last Sunday, wasn't it? It was last Sunday. We took a nap. It was glorious. And we hadn't taken a nap for a while, too. We were used to taking them, and then all of a sudden, all this running around we've been doing just gets crazy. And all of a sudden, I'm taking a nap. But that was a great thing to do. Right on. Turn to Psalm 4, verse 8. That's the first time I said right on, and then Psalm 4, verse 8. Psalm 4, verse 8. Who is the one who helps us to sleep and rest? God does. God gives us the ability to rest and sleep. Jesus, when he was in human form on earth, he rested. He slept. Verse 8, Psalm 4. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Look what happens when we look to what the Lord does for us. He's a dwelling place for us. He's a safe place for us to go to. And that's whether we're awake or asleep. Flip over to Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Some of you may know this verse already. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. Give it to Jesus. If you really take a survey of the way you live your life, I'll bet you realize you have not given a whole bunch of stuff to him. Just get more and more stressed out. Rest. Rest in Jesus. Number two, read. Read. Reading in general reduces stress because what are you doing? You're taking your mind to a different place. When you're reading a novel, when you're reading a book, you're taking your place to a different area. It automatically reduces stress. Now, reading the Bible is where you can learn more about how to bring Jesus into your life more and more as you receive 
and retain God's Word. So we encourage you to read, but we want you to read the Bible because the Bible is going to be the teaching method you need to learn how you can take a load off and learn about the Lord as you go. Jesus is the living Word. That's in John chapter 1, verse 1. So you're going to want to read Scripture. And we have everything we need to manage stress as we trust and rely upon Him. And look at what it says. Turn to Romans 15. Romans 15, verse 4. I want you to see why reading the Word, reading Scripture is so important. If you're looking for a reason or a purpose for reading Scripture, aside from what we've already heard, here's one in this particular passage. Romans 15, verse 4. This is from the English Standard Version. Verse 4, Romans 15. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. Oh, what really? For our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. It's written for us. It's written to help us to get through situations in our life. Endurance. It's written to give us encouragement. It's written to help us have hope. That verse encapsulates the whole reason why we should be in the Bible. You don't have to turn to this, but Joshua 1, Joshua chapter 1, you can jot down the verse, verses 7 through 9, you can go back and look at it. I'm just going to read it. Uh, New Living Translation. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and you will be successful in everything you do. Who doesn't want to be successful in everything they do? What is the requirement? Obey the instructions. Verse 8, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Stay in the Word. Follow the Bible reading plan. Read it every day. Meditate on the Word at the time you're reading. And remember what you read and do it later in the day. Stay in the Word. You will be successful in everything you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. What are we being strong about? It's a stressful life out there. Got to have courage. Got to stay after it. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's a big amen. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Go to 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. This is a memory verse, um, but it's good to always see this because we need to be reminded about God's Word and how important it is in our lives and what it's for. Second Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. 
verse 16, 2 Timothy 3. NIV version. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The word is there to do what? Teach us, correct us, rebuke us. In other words, turn around from what you were doing before and fix it. And training in righteousness. Because that's where we want to be trained, in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You are going to be equipped every time you focus on Jesus Christ and his word. He gives you what you need to deal with and manage the stresses in your life. He gives you what you need to deal with it and manage it. Number three, reflect. Reflect. Now, here's where reflect, this is what reflect truly means. It's not, it's not necessarily a reflection as looking in a mirror, but it is mirroring God's goodness by living in obedience to Jesus. Reflect. When you're focusing on God's goodness, you're less and less stressful about stuff. The more time that you spend with him in prayer and study, Jesus is going to shape you because we all need to be shaped. Amen? Just like the potter shapes the clay, Jesus is shaping us through the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Praise the Lord, I'm a new creation. Amen. Well, you don't have to say amen that hard about it now, brother, but, but praise the Lord, I'm a new creation. Amen. You can say it. I'm just messing with you. You can say it. And I know I needed to be a new creation. I'll just personalize it. I'm glad on what God has done for me. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's true for all of us. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit that helps us to be able to deal with these things as they come. Remember what life was like when you didn't know Jesus? It's forgettable, isn't it? Not something you want to hang on to. Turn to Galatians 2, verse 20, please. Galatians 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, verse 20. How do we manage stress? recognize our role in Jesus Christ. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's a different life. We as believers should not be so wrapped upside the head with stress like the world is. If we're living in Jesus, we can manage this stuff. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, is going to help you manage and overcome and endure periods of stress, anxiousness, or loneliness. And let's face it, there are times in our lives where we have seasons we've got to go through stuff, no question about it. 
taking care of sick parents, dealing with uh, other issues that come up. There are seasons of things we have to go through. It's only by the grace of God that we get through them. We have to trust Him in the process. He enables us to get through these things. There is nothing to fear when you embrace God's love for you because He loves you. He really does want to see you do well through this whole thing. And understand something. Go to 1 John. I want to look at this passage. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John 4, verse 18. One very important thing for us to understand, remember we said earlier how we can't get rid of stress, we just have to increase our faith? Well, as our faith increases, our stress decreases. But it's never completely eliminated. Now let's take this passage in 1 John 4, 18 to understand that this applies to believing in Jesus and not believing in Jesus. 1 John 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Punishment for what? What's going to happen to me when I die type of punishment? Perfect love, the love of Jesus, eliminates that as a discussion for you. Because you believe in Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about punishment. You don't have to worry about the repercussions of not believing in the Lord. And Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't do anything to get this, everybody. Amen? We didn't do anything. We don't deserve this. The love that God has for us is something that we didn't, there was no way we could do anything to gain it. He loved us before we even knew what love was. But now we can take that love he has for us and reflect it to others and live a life of understanding and patience and caring. And when you focus on other people, guess what that does with your stress level? Takes it right down. If you haven't already done so, now's the time to turn your life completely over to Jesus. And I have to ask that question every now and then, or make that statement. Because there are some people who don't have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I have to ask the question. That's not just for people here in this room. There are people who are going to hear this online and everything else too. So the bottom line is that if you don't know Jesus, you need to make a decision for him. If you want that perfect love, and if you're worried about where you're going and what you're doing with your life, you have a decision to make. And it will be the most important decision you've ever made in your entire life. Jesus is also the reason why we can, number four, rejoice. 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 We all need to celebrate our victories in Jesus through our adversity because we are operating in the confidence that God loves us. David experienced victory because he trusted in Jesus. He was confident. The young boy was a beast and took care of business and saved his sister. 
Rejoice! You have the victory. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Let's look at verses 1 through 5. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 is a, is a passage that really does kind of get down into the nitty gritty of how life really is as a believer in Jesus Christ. Because it tells us, in kind of a summary here in these five verses, about life, what we experience, but at the same time, we should have joy. And rejoice. Look what it says in verse 1, Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What do we have? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have something that we experience now to rejoice, and we have a lot to look forward to in the future. Amen? Amen. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Praise God. Praise God. we got so much going on here. we can experience stress, but at the end of the day, we come back and look at, if it's not for Jesus, what, where would we be? If not for Jesus, where would we be? And we don't want to think about where we would be. But Jesus gives us all of this to help us to endure. Finally, brothers and sisters, I'm sorry, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Got to jump ahead there. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. On the home stretch. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Verse 4, Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Anytime you see something like that more than once in a passage, it's for emphasis, everybody. It's emphasis. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. This is part of being this reflection. Show people how you're living. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Where have we heard this? Amen? Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guard your hearts and your minds. What are we talking about ailments when you have stress, too much stress? What happens to your body? Messes with your body. Messes with your heart. Messes with your mind. Messes with your physicality. Trust in the Lord Jesus. He will take care of all this for you.
He will address this with you. He'll help you get through this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the peace of God, the God of peace, will be with you. And you know what? Every now and then, you know, we heard a crying child, right? Sometimes you got to cry. Amen? That's right. Because that stress coming out. Exactly right. This is an audience participation message here. But that's the, that's the point I'm making here. It's okay to cry. Hey, men, it's okay to cry. Let's out stress. But that's a way for you now to turn that moment over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, help me through this situation. After all is said and done, you can hang on to stress and try to live with it. Or you can give it your life to Jesus and trust in the peace that he gives you through the power of the Holy Spirit. One more passage. John chapter 14. Let's look at John 14, verses 26 and 27. John 14, verses 26 and 27. Jesus wants us, he loves us so much, first of all, he died on the cross for us, amen? But he loves us so much, he wants us to experience his peace. His peace will come in the midst of turmoil. His peace will come in the midst of Maybe it's living in that bad neighborhood. Maybe it's living in that place where there's all kinds of stuff happening outside, you're inside, but you will experience God's peace as you trust in Him. But let's look at what it says in verses 26 and 27 because we need to understand the importance of what the Spirit does in our lives. And this is Jesus speaking, of course, to the disciples at the time. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and and will remind you of everything I have said to you. What does the Spirit do? It teaches us and it reminds us of God's Word as we internalize it. And look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Amen. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Believers, no reason to fear, no reason to be afraid because we have a much greater authority in our lives that helps us with this very issue of stress. Keep your slingshot handy for when you need it most. Amen? But manage your stress in the peace and confidence that Jesus already has the victory. He's got it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for how you teach us to deal with the life as we have it right now. Lord, you know that our lives have had varying degrees of stress all throughout our time. And we know why we have this stress. We're in 
Satan's domain. We're in his world. We recognize that he causes us this stress. We're far from paradise. But Lord, we want to live in such a manner where we recognize that paradise is coming for us. We will be there soon enough. But we thank you, Lord, for how you are teaching us and helping us each day to manage the stresses of life. Lord, we thank you for the ability to be prepared at a moment's notice. We thank you that we do have that slingshot ready. But Lord, when we put down that slingshot, help us to be able to cope with what's going on. Help us to manage the stresses in our lives. Lord, we just thank you for your teaching and we thank you for the wisdom of your word that gives us everything we need to be able to not just to live, but thrive. Thrive in a life with you. Bless us now, Lord, we thank you and give you all praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen.